0: Welcome to Me Plus You. It's a podcast where we talk Nintendo news, nostalgia, and nitty-gritty. And today is a little short episode. I don't think it's gonna go on podcast feeds. It might. If you're listening to on a, to this on a podcast feed, then um, you already know what I'm gonna do with it. So, the reason it's gonna be a short episode Is because we're talking about the Devolver Digital Direct that just happened. And um, I thought there was going to be a lot more to talk about. And there really wasn't. (laughs) I know uh, Devolver Digital, uh, for those of you who don't know, they're a publisher. uh, And they've worked with a lot of indie studios and whatnot. And have put out some pretty great games. um, Really been banging on the Switch. Uh, Some titles that you might know, My Friend Pedro, Katana Zero, Ape Out, Enter the Gungeon, many more. I've personally played and enjoyed Enter the Gungeon, uh, and I've tried out a little bit of Katana Zero, I think. I get that mixed up with The Messenger. I definitely played Katana Zero, a little bit of it. Um, So yeah, they're they're an interesting company, Austin, Texas-based, I believe. I was looking forward to this direct, because in this time of uh, insane digital presentations everywhere in lieu of E3. I'm excited to see um, people announce what they can freely. You know, people aren't constricted anymore by these these deadlines that E3 has placed upon people. They can now announce whenever they want, which is really interesting. And Devolver last year, I know, did a pretty... uh, I didn't watch it, I just remember hearing that they did an extreme parody of a Direct, of a Nintendo Direct, and it seems like they've done uh, the same thing here. I did not realize how extreme this was going to be. Uh, you could tell that this was made by film majors. Uh, as I'm saying that as a film major myself, I, I studied film in school, and... Uh, I'm saying that for two reasons one it's well made it looked very good there was great set design I was impressed there's like some crazy um, practical effects I was like damn, they're going they're going hard on this thing uh, the other way you could tell it was made by film majors they are definitely trying to be Tarantino hundred percent and personally um, I that's a big turnoff for me I say that as somebody who who uh, Tarantino films have been a huge source of inspiration and uh, uh, been a basis of admiration for me over the years. But personally, I don't like uh, things really getting intense for the sake of being intense. And I don't really find that as like funny, those kind of jokes and stuff, when people just go up and start cursing about things. And that's very much what this... Direct was, and that doesn't mean that it was bad or anything. I just personally didn't jive with it. I think if you're listening to a Nintendo podcast, there's a good chance that you might not as well, because uh, it's very un-Nintendo, as you you may guess. This over-the-top, it was very violent. It came out swinging right out of the bat, with a super violent cinematic, tons of cursing really in your face, very intense, high energy. I was not personally a fan. Uh... And part of the reason that the jokes for me fell flat is because the, well, let's get into the jokes in a little bit. First, I want to lead with the games. What was their announcements? And that's what was weird. They didn't really announce much. They didn't really show off much. Most of this presentation, which, let me check the time. What time is it? 353. This presentation went live at 3. It was about a 45-minute presentation, 50-minute presentation. Most of it was them mucking around on screen doing this uh, more or less short film, right? Uh, which is interesting, and I'm all for, like, building this funny kind of lore. I love when Nintendo did that kind of stuff with, like, the, the stuff with, like, Reginator, the Bill Trennan eating the donuts direct, you know, that kind of stuff. I think it's I think it's great when companies do that kind of stuff this personally was not my style and what was disappointing was there if you if that's not your style there was no reason to watch it so um that was that was pretty uh it was it i i considered halfway through stop watching it and um and just looking at the news later and reporting back on it and uh but i figured i was already watching it i'll go on here and i'll talk about it and this isn't really much of a, a reporting show it's not much of a news show we do talk nintendo news but we talk nintendo nitty-gritty because this is a discussion based show where we talk about uh what we think about it what it means for the industry all this stuff it's not necessarily you can get your news from your ign you can get your news from nintendolife.com my personal favorite Not a sponsor of the show. Let me make that clear. Uh, But hey, look, if you want to sponsor the show, me plus you, all one word, spell it out, at gmail.com. Anyway. So what were we talking about? The games. They announced nothing. I'll run off the list of the games they showed. Shadow Warrior 3, Fall Guys, Carrion, Olegia, Serious Sam 4, Oh and uh the Devolver like experience or something like that. It was like a game uh where you play through like a you know like empty Devolver E3 booth or something which looked really funny. I'll 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 get to that later. It it looked really funny and I think they were serious. I don't think it was a mock up. I think you could legitimately play through this on Steam. But it's not it's not an actual game. It's just well, you know it's a free game it's like it's like a checks quest game you know it's like it's it's purely a marketing thing and it it gets it's uh it's literally marketing for marketing's sake and it's getting away with it because it's making fun of it. It's saying like, oh, isn't this funny how we're just advertising these games through this game that we're making for you it is kind of funny, but if you include that that joke announcement that's six games they spent. Forty-five minutes on six games, barely talked about the games themselves. Most of the games seem to have been announced already. I know carrion was. I believe *Shadow Warrior 3* was announced a few days ago, and this was the gameplay reveal trailer. *Serious Sam* has been announced. I don't know about *Alyja*, but it had an available now release. So, um, I'm. I, I mean, I guess I guess that they announced it before. I haven't heard of it. *Fall Guys*. Okay, look. Alright, there's a lot to dive... Alright, I've changed my mind. I think this is a full podcast. There's a lot to dive into here. It's not as much Nintendo-y, and that's kind of the point that I want to get to. Why I think it's interesting. So, um... Let me get back, uh, start back with just an overview of the... Of the Direct. It was, uh... Extremely, uh... I don't want to say controversial you know but it was extremely in your face and all that and i feel like when and there was a lot of jokes and like cursing and a lot of like self-awareness about the industry and uh and video game fans and specifically making fun of the fact of people getting more excited about announcements of games versus the act playing the actual games and they drove that point home to the point where they announced fake games in the direct you know And it's kind of funny, you know, but it doesn't hold too much water as, like, an actual argument to me. It's, like, not really true. Like, yeah, people get hype over announcements and stuff that's true, but, like, I don't know. It was really odd to me because they're making that joke about announcing a ton of games, and they didn't announce anything (laughs) during this direct, so all that kind of fell flat. And then I feel like the thing that's supposed to be funny of seeing the CEO of go up on a direct where we're used to seeing people be so buttoned up and proper and see the CEO like, uh, just freely cursing at people. And the, it's supposed to be funny because they're being like, quote unquote real with, with the audience and like calling them out being like, you're just a bunch of people giving us, uh, your money just, and we're just here telling you what to buy. All this is meaningless. And I'm like, (laughs) I, one, I don't think it's true, you know, and so therefore it doesn't really like it's not that funny to me and two like they're not announcing games so they're making fun of people announcing a ton of games meanwhile your whole presentation here you're doing you're not even really saying anything you're just kind of making fun of nothing and three like i don't i don't care just show me the games you know <laughs> but look if you, if this is your if this is your kind of up your alley like this kind of robot chicken kind of stuff, you know? Check out this direct. You might really like it. And it was really well done. I don't want to discount that. It I was really impressed with what a great presentation it was. Uh, but it was, for all intents and purposes, a short film and not an announcement, a group of announcements. So I've already talked down on a lot of the jokes and stuff that they've had. Because another big issue with the jokes, they kept repeating them a lot. And I was surprised. I find myself repeating things sometimes on doing these podcasts. And that's something that um, I'm working through as I as I do more of these. But that's because it's an in-the-moment thing. And I want to make sure that I'm bringing you, the listener, a clear representation of my idea. And in real time... Uh, you could say something and then realize that there's another angle that you want to come at it from to make sure the person gets the full picture, that I'm, that you're properly communicating it effectively, you know? But if you're filming something ahead of time, a major production like this, then you have writers and you can go back and do the Mark Twain thing, I think it was, uh, where he wrote a friend and at the end of the letter he said, like, I, I'm sorry, if I had more time I would have li- written less because you don't want to be... Uh, extraneously verbose in what you're saying, ever. It's never useful. It's not strong. It's not how you communicate. So, they kept repeating their jokes to the point where it's like, okay, we got it. And they would just say the same thing over again. And, uh, And it was just a big waste of time. I feel like I'm sorry, you know? And it's not if you enjoy that. It's not if you enjoy that kind of it's still not as strong when you do that. But, you know, the, my point being, like, if you really enjoy that kind of style and humor, then, like, just sit and watch it. It's, a, it's entertainment. It's a TV show. But that was not a game announcement that I just watched. And Devolver Digital is not, they're, you know, they're not, there's no, no second-party company to Nintendo. You know, they work with everybody. And a lot, sometimes they put on games that are just not on Nintendo at all. But as I mentioned at the intro of this podcast, they really came out swinging in this Switch's generation with a lot of big hits that I feel like are most popular on Switch, if not exclusive. I think my friend Pedro was like um, a limited exclusive or something like that to, um, to what you call your Switch. So I don't know. It, it, it's odd because they didn't announce any Nintendo games hardly at all you know okay so i've uh dissected why i don't like the jokes enough i want to move on to a couple jokes that i thought were really funny that they uh that uh, as a as fellow video game fans you the listeners might appreciate if you missed this i'll save you the trouble going through they had a funny joke about um ubisoft announcing assassin's creed set in 1961 rural indiana which i thought was really funny because we're not too far off we're getting there you know <laughs> they can't they don't have much else place to go you know they we're on vikings which is a good one uh i don't think they've done samurai yet that's been a rumor for a bit a long time we've gone through egypt rome i think or, you know i don't know we've we've gone we've run the gamut on ancient cultures we've brought it forward to uh, the american revolution with assassin's creed 3 it's time we go to 1960s, rural Indiana, I want it to happen. They made a good joke about Konami announcing four Metal Gear Solid games, and then after a break in the presentation, they cancelled three of them. <laughs> that was really good. Um, they made a classic, my uncle works at Nintendo joke, you know. And then they did like that really kind of robot chicken, adult Swimmy kind of thing where they took something that's um, traditionally family friendly and put a really dark spin on it, which again, not my style, but if you like that, check it out. They had a whole bit about like talking about Nintendo characters, um, getting involved with illegal activities or something. I don't know. I mean, check it out if you're interested. Um, something I noticed about this dragged-out presentation that calls itself a Devolver Digital Direct. It was direct, lead to the consumer, you know? It was a presentation given directly to this consumer, which is part of the pun of the Nintendo Direct name, but the other meaning behind it is that it's direct and it's snappy, you know? I mean, look at them. Uh, uh, the gosh guy from Nintendo, when they announce a new game, they snap. They Check it out now, you know? Because it's direct. this was not direct at all. This was so dragged out. And I personally think it was really ineffective, except for generating buzz. Everybody's gonna be talking about this for the next I don't know like week, maybe if that um, in the video game sphere because everybody's gonna be like did you see that devolver D- digital direct? That was crazy. you know, the CEO was like killing people on stream like, cursing up a storm, and making all these crazy jokes, it was crazy, so it's gonna generate buzz in that sense, but buzz for what? You didn't announce any games. What are you trying to advertise? (laughs) You know, it's, uh, that was really, um... An odd thing for me. I think it was certainly effective at generating buzz, but then you actually go and look at it, and there's nothing to keep your attention. You know, like, come for the, the gore and the jokes, and stay for, what, the games? You ain't got no games to stay stay with. You ain't got a, a, a hanger to hang your hat on, brother. So, they got some major polls for this, though. I was really impressed. Other than the production being, like, top-notch in this thing... They got Shuhei Yoshida of PlayStation. They got Jeff Keeley of the Game Awards. They got Phil Spencer of Xbox. And then the um. And then they did the whole like uh, my uncle from Nintendo thing, and they built it up. They're like, we have the legend himself. Like, it needs no introduction. And of course, the chat's popping off. Like Reggie, 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 which doesn't make a ton of sense considering that Reggie has been. Uh, retired from Nintendo now for, what, about a year, I think, already? So I was thinking, Doug Bowser? But, like, nah, Doug Bowser ain't got that street cred built up yet. He ain't no legend. You know, Doug Bowser's looking, he's sitting pretty right now with Nintendo, and uh, and I think everybody likes him. I think he's got a uh, good grace in, in the eyes of the fans, but he's no legend. And then, of course, it was a subversion of ex- expectations with the uncle from Nintendo just being this grimy guy that shows up. So, no big hitters from Nintendo, but Jeff Keighley, Shuhei Yoshida, Phil Spencer, Jeez louise, man. Those are three powerhouses. So, even though they didn't do much <laughs> in this Direct, because there wasn't anything to talk about, it was nice to have them there, that's a cool get. Okay, first game. Shadow Warrior 3. I don't, I'm not familiar with the other Shadow Warriors. I gotta look up real quick, actually. Is this one even coming to Switch? I don't think so. Um, the gameplay trailer, though. Let me look up Switch. The gameplay trailer looked... By the way, it's com- It's announced to be coming out in 2021. It, I don't think it's coming to Switch. Also, I mean, I don't even really have to look it up. Because, look, it, it looked great. Like, graphically, it looked so smooth, it looked so fluid, and that tells me it's probably not going to be on the Switch, because Switch is not the most powerful of units, and look, that's no secret, everybody knows that. Uh, That's the price of of admission. You want a console that you can play on your bed and on your couch, wherever you go, that's the price you pay. So, Shadow Warrior 3 looks good. Um, I saw a tweet by Emron Khan, um, writer, former writer, editor at GameStop, or, uh, sorry, GameSpot. Um, I know he works with Kind of Funny a lot. I don't, I don't, I think he's kind of a freelance guy. I'm not really sure, uh, of his complete status. But he's a big games writer, actually, a pretty big name. And, um, he mentioned how Shadow Warrior 3, uh, while he enjoys that series, Still kind of racist, he was saying, and I uh, definitely think there's a lot to be dived into there. It's for um, the uninitiated Shadow Warrior like me for this. Shadow Warrior is um, a first person action game, very violent, very doomesque kind of kind of think like modern doom mixed with like maybe some serious Sam. A little bit, you know? And we'll get to serious saying, believe me. That's coming up. And set in, like, a, a Chinese folklore-esque kind of vibe. Like, um... There's, like, a lot of different, like, monsters and stuff. Very... If you've seen different adaptations of Journey, of, uh, Journey to the West... It will remind you of that kind of stuff, you know? And, uh... And it doesn't seem like it's the most attentive to... Being politically correct with that Chinese representation. So go see for yourself. See what you think about it. Warning, if you're listening to the show and uh, you are not 17 years of age or older, well, that's the rating for America. This is rated M. It looks very violent. Just as a warning, extremely violent. It looks great. I would, it looks really fun. Super kinetic, smooth gameplay. Lots of personality in it, too. Very polished. But the gore is a turnoff for me, so I'm going to pass on it. And I don't even think it's coming out on Switch. Fall Guys. Sorry for the clipping. I went really really loud on that one. The Fall Guys uh, Fall Guys is a game that looks... Uh, it was the most Nintendo game on here in style and um, essence, and it's not a Nintendo game excuse me you know like it's coming to ps4 and pc i think it's um you play as a bunch of these little cartoony funny blobby guys and you're running around and i think you're trying to make it to the end of the level and everybody's kind of like there's so many of you that you're kind of like falling over each other and like pushing each other off or something i don't know it was very unclear and um now i was taking notes through this presentation for this podcast and i was very uninvested in it because of the reasons I discussed earlier, so uh, I wasn't super attentive to it, so that could be my fault, but I don't, it seemed pretty unclear of what the actual gameplay mechanic was for this game, but it looked interesting. It looked very nice, bright, fun, happy, cartoony, and it's not a Nintendo game, so that was odd. Next game on the list, Carrion. Carrion? Carrion? Carrion, I don't know, C-A-R-R-I-O-N, it is a Nintendo game, and it's very violent and dark, so again, I don't know what's happening here today, but uh, I heard Tom Marks mention this on the Nintendo Voice Chat podcast, you know, IGN's Nintendo podcast, which is great, by the way, check it out if you uh, if you enjoy this. You play as this, uh, red blobby monster, real gory, kind of like, you look like that thing from, uh, Spongebob, the, uh, like the, the, the Nasty Patty or something, right? Is it the Nasty Patty? There's an episode of Spongebob where, like, a Krabby Patty, like, becomes a monster. <laughs> and, uh, it looks like that, it's just like this gross amalgamation of, um, eyes and, other body parts and it's very uh it's very gory and you it's kind of like um i think it's like one of those games where like you know like you capture an enemy and by doing so then you grow larger and you're trying to get as large as you can or something and so you're trying to eat humans in this like base this like government base or something like that comes out july 23rd coming out really soon you know what was that two weeks, A L- little, little less than two weeks? It's coming out July twenty third. Uh, it's pixel art. It's made by Phobia Game Studios, and I don't have much else to say on it. If that any of that sounded interesting to you, I suggest looking it up. Uh, otherwise, next game, Olegia. It's another pixel art game, a fluid action platformer, uh, also set in a you know more historical Asian setting. Similar to Shadow Warrior. It's made by Skeleton Crew Gaming. It's available now. And they showed a trailer, and it looks okay. I'm not a huge fan of this kind of pixel art style. It's, um... You would know the style when you see it. I don't exactly know the best description for it. Similar to games like uh, Hyper Light Drifter or Dead Cells, you know? It's not pixel art that's contained. That's There you go. That's how you say it. It's not pixel art that's in a grid-based tile system the way an NES, Game Boy game, Shovel Knight, all that kind of stuff uh, is worked within tiles, you know? 8x8 tiles often is how you had to build sprites in old video games. So uh, if you really want to achieve that retro look, that's what you do. But... There was a whole movement in the past decade where people said, Hey, we want to make pixel art games, but damn, we ain't got no restrictions now. So forget the tiles. We'll just do whatever we want. Just use pixels. It's a cool look. Not exactly my thing. This game does that. And uh, it looks super fluid. It looks like there's a lot of... um, One of those kind of gameplay mechanics where your attack... uh, You move forward with your attack and you direct it, you know what I mean? So it's it's, it's 2D uh, side-scrolling, I suppose you could say. It's not top-down, but, like, it seems like one of those things where, like, a, a ninja style, you know? Like, you, like, go from one end to the... You're, like, you can direct your path of that you're going to slice through and then, like, do it over there, you know? So I don't... Look, it's available now. I haven't heard about it. Kind of looked anime wouldn't be surprised if it, if, if people like it, though, um, and then the last thing coming, uh, the last thing announced was Serious Sam 4, which is, again, coming to Switch, a little surprising to me, but Serious Sam 4, for those who don't know, uh, think Duke Nukem, think Original Doom, you know, Wolfenstein, uh, it, it, it's a, it's like the second generation, of first-person shooter games, first-generation being Wolfenstein, Doom, OG, and then that kind of fixed perspective of the gun stayed, but um, a more, uh, the 3D, when the 3D realm opened up, it's the bridge between your, um, between your, like, uh, Doom and Wolfenstein's and your, like, Call of Duties, you know? So it's very arcade you know, there's just a ton of enemies out in this open space and you just have these big guns and you just tear through them. Looks fun, similar to most of the games on this list, very gory, uh, and just, you know, arcade Doesn't necessarily look like super polished, I don't think the Serious Sam games ever have. If I'm not mistaken, Serious Sam 3 came out in like 2013 or something. Let me look that up. Because I feel like that was a while ago. I feel like that was like an Xbox 360 game. Let's see. 2011. Serious Sam 3 BFE. 2011. So yeah, they have it. Um, sick music, though. Guitar sounded great in the song that they were doing. Any of that comes out August 20th, if you're interested. Again, that game's been announced. I think almost all the games on here have been announced already. They're just, like, showing a trailer. Which leads me to my point. What the hell was this direct for? What did they announce? Nothing, really. They barely showed anything. I don't really have much to say about a lot of these games. I tried to go into them as much as I can. But... I don't have a lot to say because they didn't have a lot to show at all. So, look, what I'm saying is next year, I'm not going to watch the next Devolver Digital Direct. Uh, I'm sure it's going to be really great and high production value, but it certainly is not turning my crank, you know? So... Um. Look, if they got good stuff to announce, I'll see it in the headlines after. You know? I'm not going to sit through all that other stuff that I personally am not a big fan of. So, yeah, that's... uh. Well, wow, we went for 30 minutes on that. Yeah. I mean, that was a pretty interesting... It wasn't Super Nintendo-related, but I it seemed like it was going to be, which is why I think it made for an interesting discussion here today. Uh, and before we wrap up, there's a few things that I want to say. One... Uh while we are on the uh this topic of um of news, you know, since this is a, a what's happening what's new episode, just a couple uh news headlines that are breaking that I thought you might be interested in, in hearing. One, Paper Mario, the origami king, which we talked about yesterday because of the treehouse presentation, uh supposedly leaked online. So That's pretty interesting. Um, So, I don't know. I personally would want to stay away from any spoilers, leaks, etc. But, just interesting headline that it did. Another headline. Super Mario Bros. If you are familiar with the auction that happened last February, uh, a super rare sticker-sealed copy of Super Mario Bros. on the NES, you know, Black Box sold for a hundred thousand one hundred thousand one hundred fifty US dollars in February. And that was a pretty big deal. I believe it was bought by a um collective association of game uh what would you call them? Conservers? I don't know. Um people conserving games, you know, for heritage and cultural historical reasons. And I, um, one of the people in that collective was actually is actually the owner of a somewhat local video game store that I've been to and bought my Retron system then and my, from and my first set of retro games from. So that was pretty interesting. But it's in the news again because another copy of the exact same game in a similar condition has now broken the record. and by the way, I'm getting all this from Nintendolife.com. Going for the sum of 114,000 US dollars, which roughly equates to 90,000 pounds. Euros? I don't know. I, I don't... Uh. <laughs> I, uh, I need to get educated on that. Um, whatever they got in the UK. This uh, That particular copy um, is the most expensive video game ever sold. Wow it's uh sealed and it's a 9.4 out of 10 grade i don't know which association grades it oh wada wada does it i believe um but yeah that's uh that's pretty great pretty interesting uh and then what was this last last news piece before another important ending note that i want to get to but uh last news piece is gamestop's internal database lists multiple news queues for nintendo switch now this story was popping up every gosh darn week it felt like about a year ago it felt like every week there is another like new skew from best buy new skew from gamestop and sometimes it it amounted to things but most of the time it felt it didn't it was just kind of a placeholder but i wouldn't be surprised um most of them just look like they're uh they just say available SKU. they're not listed as any specific game uh in the database but it shows that you know gamestop's getting ready to set up pre-orders for announcements that nintendo would make and they're not always correct, you know? The street date for the, the SKUs are set for 12 2020 You know, this is all placeholder stuff, and we don't know if this was um, a heads-up from Nintendo letting them know or just them doing it in preparation because they think, they've been hearing the rumors and thinking that Nintendo's going to announce some stuff soon. We don't know. Interesting to note, though. Uh, what's today? July 11th. The rumor is we have T-minus nine days until the drought finally ends and we get a Nintendo Direct. So the last thing that I want to mention before wrapping up today is today, like I mentioned, is July 11th, 2020. And that marks five years since uh, Satori Iwata passed away. He passed away on July 11th, 2015. And he was uh, the president of Nintendo for a long time. And he he died pretty young. He passed away pretty young at 55 years of age. He was Nintendo's fourth company president. And he always was a very stand-up guy. In any interviews you see, he's super inspirational. You hear stories of him coming in. I, I believe he's the one that fit the Kanto region into the gold and silver cartridge. He restructured EarthBound's programming to make it actually possible as a game, because that game was in development hell for years. Um, He's really an interesting figure, and really somebody that I want to learn more about. Um, Hobonichi Shigosato Itoi's company published a book about uh, Satori Iwata. It's only available in Japanese, unfortunately. And uh, there's talks of an English version coming out, but until then, there is great there are great videos and articles and interviews with Iwata that you can find. Iwata asks was a series that uh, Nintendo ran for years during the Wii era and into the early Wii U era, I believe, in 3DS era of Iwata interviewing their own game developers and talking to them. All that stuff's fantastic. I believe there's a gaming historian. Uh, episode on Iwata that really goes in depth it's like a mini documentary you know so all this stuff is um, all the Iwata stuff if you're I would highly suggest checking him out if you're not more familiar with him because he was a hugely influential figure in Nintendo and uh, video game industry as a whole and I would like to do a topic podcast on him in the future sometime, but I would really want to come swimming and have more knowledge and research about him because he is a very interesting guy. So I just wanted to pay my respects and, um, and mention that. So that's all that we have for today. This was a longer episode than I anticipated because that was a pretty crazy direct that just happened so without further ado i'm signing off i'll catch you next week thanks for listening goodbye